Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the Ty and Bob pod at Golong, GolongTD.com. You can listen right here. You can listen in Apple. If you subscribe, just sync up your accounts. We've got the instructions on all of that. This has been a hell of a lot of fun. Episode number three with the man, the legend, the Hall of Famer, Bob McGinn. He's shaking his head because I probably sound like these radio guys that bring you in, Bob. And, you know, they got to got to pump the tires and and build up the guest. Maybe next episode we'll just bring you in and we'll just rattle off things I don't like about you. you know? yeah, I like I, that better, T. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be great for your radio spots? There's this son of a bitch that I can't stand. He's probably overrated. <laughs> Uh, insipid hack. <laughs> Hater. Hater. Oh, man. I know that would be good. It would be refreshing. I, I try to tell that to people. Uh, gosh, I was just out of somebody here locally, shredding Reagan in Buffalo and one of them. And I was like, you know, if, if, if I say something you guys don't like or if you disagree with it, let me know. Like, give it to me, please. I react no. well to that. Tyler, I react well. I tell my wife when she really wants me to do something. Pat, just kick me in the ass. <laughs> Let me have it. I'll get it done. Oh, I don't have to tell Gina that. No, that just <laughs> we're both pretty Italian. <laughs> um, how in the hell are you doing, man? You got a big trip coming up. Going to big sky country. Woo! Today, Montana and Yellowstone for six days. So uh and next Saturday we're seeing a ball game, Tyler. Let's We're hear seeing it. the Idaho State Bengals one and three at the Montana Grizzlies three and one homecoming in Missoula. The place is a total sellout. We had to buy two tickets off StubHub a month ago, 25,000 seats. And I've read about this stadium now in Missoula. It was ranked by Stadium Magazine, the seventh best fan experience of all the Division One and Division FCS and everything. So, yeah. Except, except it's supposed to rain all day. <laughs> it's all part of the experience. I like exactly. it. Exactly. You going to throw a beer back? You going to tailgate? Do any of that? I have to drive all the way from hell on a Saturday morning. I don't know. The game's at 2 p.m. So I don't know about that. It should be fun, though. I do like it when these nicknames for college football teams actually sync up with the uh, geography. Montana Grizzlies. Yep. Just kind of rolls off the tongue, no I mean, doubt. Not like the uh, would be would be a bad. One. I mean, like the the Utah Jazz, right? But that's stuck. Even the Los Angeles Lakers, these names just kind of stick. I wanted that. I wanted came, to have a look. That character. came from Minneapolis Lakers. That's right. That's the land of ten thousand lakes, and then they kept it when they moved to L.A. Boy, I'm dating myself there, T. Oh, I, I know, but you know, let's uh. I don't know. Let's be irrelevant. So that'll be fun. Maybe there'll be a live grizzly or something they can bring out to midfield. <laughs> All right. So uh, for those who uh, haven't listened to these before, Bob McGinn, Hall of Famer, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel mentor, teammate, friend of mine for many a year. We uh, are back together for this podcast, breaking down not only the Packers, we'll talk about the Packers. And Bob absolutely will be dissecting the players, the position by position on select weeks. But we're mixing it up. We're kind of surfing through the NFC North. 
through various games. I, I just think it's good to kind of keep it open ended and let Bob cook as he would like to cook. And you've got three matchups that you can't wait to dive into today. But first, uh, the Packers. We, we should talk about the Packers because it was Jordan Love's first start at Lambeau Field. Wow. I mean, nothing was was going right. Uh, I think it, he started with drives ending four punts, uh, two failed fourth downs, an interception. It was about as bad as he could have just imagined his first start going at home. There were boos. We we had a game Jake, a game day chat going. I might go along in the in the Substack app, and I believe it was Steve. He said that he was at the game and that there were boos, like people, which is which is pretty wild, right? Uh, booing Jordan Love, booing the offense, unhappy. Well, he's without David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, obviously, and. Holy hell, he turned it on. Fourth quarter, let a field goal drive. Two more touchdown drives. Gutsy throws. We can get into the specifics in a bit, Bob. But first impressions on Jordan Love earning what I'm sure Packer fans would like to look back at this game the same way they look back in 1992, Brett Favre against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know. Let's not exactly renovate the Packers Hall of Fame quite yet. But what did you think? So I didn't see it, you know, Tyler. I just, so when they cut from the game I was watching here, I just saw the last uh, two or three minutes, you know, the missed field goal. So, you know, the rookie, they, remember they used to have Will Lutz, the Saints, a really good kicker. I can't remember what happened to him, but now they got a rookie from Notre Dame who I had never heard of in the draft stuff last year. And he misses from 46. And so now two and one is just like light years different than one and two, you know. And they, they won without Bakhtiari, Alexander, Jones, uh, Watson. Very impressive performance. I didn't see enough of love to really comment on that, T, so I'm not sure. Well, this I is when you just got, you got to make stuff up. Just make it up, Bob. I will pass this along, Tyler. Eric Goska sent me some stuff, uh, the great Packer historian. Um, in games since regular season games since 1940, so that's 73 years, right? 74 years. When the Packers were blanked entering the fourth quarter, they were 2-59. and 59. Now they're 3-59. and 59. They won that baby. And then Eric also points out, um, they had the greatest fourth quarter comeback in franchise history. Tied it. Excuse me, it tied it, yeah. It was incredible. It was like a a switch was just flipped because nothing was going right. In addition to the injuries, he wasn't really getting help from his receivers. Uh, Jaden Reed dropped a touchdown, another ball. He he atoned for it in a big way with a diving catch up the right sideline there toward the end of the game. But, man, the circumstances, I, I think that we really did see why Green Bay like Jordan Love from the get-go. I know we're. it seems like we're beating a dead horse, but I think that they knew that he could develop and work on the mechanical stuff he had to fix, learn the offense, uh, improve his accuracy, decision-making. Like, all, all that stuff is is fixable. I mean, here in Buffalo, Josh Allen, he kind of took a hatchet to the idea that you can't improve accuracy with, with what he did with Jordan Palmer, Brian Dable. Like, that stuff can get fixed. 
with your own coaches, with personal quarterback coaches. Uh, you know, he he had Jordan Palmer. Jordan Love has Steve Calhoun, Deshaun Watson. A lot of these guys have Quincy, Quincy Avery. They're all over the place. So it's just it's different than it was in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and early 2000s. But I think that they knew he was mentally tough. And, and you either have that to you, it's either part of your wiring, or it's not. Like, you you can either go through that tunnel at Lambeau Field, 70,000 people on the edge of their seat, wanting to see if you can follow the footsteps of Aaron Rodgers, who followed the footsteps of Brett Favre, or you can't handle it. So I think that they knew he was – he came up the right way, and it, it, there's a lot that goes into it on the field, off the field. Obviously, what he's gone through off the field – speaks through itself with his with his dad so unbelievably tragic uh but but even on the field if you get to the the nitty-gritty of the football you know, everything went wrong for him at utah state that last year <laughs> injuries and graduations it was kind of a mess his numbers really weren't that great but i i think that that appealed to brian gudikins and matt lafleur the fact that he just kind of dusted himself off and kept coming back for more still won some games got him to a bowl game I think that you saw that in this first home start out of Jordan Love where nothing's going right. He's got every reason to kind of pack it in, get down on himself. He just kept coming back with big throw after big throw after big run. I mean, tight roping up the left sideline on that on that one long run. Even the touch. I mean, he's one on one with Demario Davis, who is one of the three or five best linebackers in football. One of the most underrated players of a generation. Just kind of slithers on past him. Perfect ball to Romeo Dobbs. It's it, it was impressive. He still has a long ways to go, but this is why I was sold on him from the get go. I just think that the way that he he's made up mentally is is rare. You know, he, he's there are a lot of quarterbacks that will shrink. A lot of really talented quarterbacks that shrink in the moment. I'm sure a few come to mind for people. Uh, I I don't think that's going to be a problem for Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers was shrinking from the moment late in his career, wasn't he, Tyler? He was. It's a big reason he's not in Green Bay. It's a really good point. So they're two and one. Detroit Thursday night. It, it this is about as big of a game at this point of the season that both of these teams could have. I mean, in, in a division and a conference that's so wide open, you have to think Green Bay is going to be healthier. Detroit too. But we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago, Kansas City, San Francisco against the New York Giants with a touch of Monday Night Football. And Bob, uh, I kind of had a full circle moment yesterday, and it, I definitely wanted to stay up for these Monday Night games. It's tough with two kids, you know. Ella turns four next month. Sonny's two, and. You know, it's a new football season. I kind of had to rework the circadian rhythms for our readers' sake and watch all of these primetime games when yeah, we got some sleep regressions. There's there's been some rough nights of late. So <laughs> I I told Gina this. It was so funny yesterday. I said, Okay, big Monday night football action tonight. I'm taking a nap. I'm taking an hour, an hour-long power nap in the middle of the day to have that energy. And it just brought me back to like 95 and 96. That That's what my dad used to tell me. All right, Tyler, when I was in second grade and third grade, 
if you want to stay up and watch the Packers, you got to take a nap. Remember back then, the Monday night games didn't start till nine. And yeah. so it'd be nine to midnight. And I'd have school the next day, but that was, uh, that was the rule. I, I, I could stay up and watch the game as long as I took a nap after school. So man, I, I kind of got chills. It's all coming full circle. You know, take, take naps again to watch Monday night football. <laughs> So why are there all these, other than money, why are all these doubleheader Monday night games? How many more weeks of that do we have, Tyler? And why are we calling it a doubleheader? Like, it's not back-to-back. They're, they're running no. simultaneous. They're staggered. Yeah. They're not doubleheaded. So I'm, I'm looking, Tyler. This is the last week of this stuff, this malarkey. And also, too bad Green Bay Detroit's on a Thursday, right? You got two, two damage, injury damage teams. This is a really a marquee game, and it's on Thursday night. I mean, it's just kind of bad, kind of disgusting. I thought it was interesting on, on the beat where Jordy Nelson really didn't say much at all with his opinions. He rarely put his opinions on anything out there. Man, when it, this was as early as 2011, he just ripped Thursday night football at one point, I remember. Like when he did that, I like, guess these guys hate it. Oh yeah, I mean, it, for the league to to trumpet player safety at every turn and insult viewers' intelligence with these heads up football commercials and every opportunity they're trying to tell you how safe football is when it's an unsafe game, um, and then for Thursday night football to still be a thing, it's it's just the height of hypocrisy. And it stinks. You're right. We're you're you're not getting the absolute best version of the Packers and Lions like you could. If the game was on a Sunday, so everybody kind of suffers, except the owners, <laughs> and I suppose the players. They signed the CBA. They 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 really wanted they really wanted to take a stand. They could just strike or hold out or be tougher at the negotiating table. Uh, but yeah, I think Thursday night football is here to stay. It's only going to get worse. When are we going to eighteen, Tyler? That's next. It's definitely next. I do wonder. Hmm. This was it. Calais Campbell. Well, the Calais Campbell story this week. He might have mentioned it. Just discussing the franchise tag, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like they're never giving up that franchise tag." He goes, "Unless he goes, unless there's that 18th game, you know, maybe maybe then." So they're going to get that 18th game if if they're willing to give the players something substantial. You know, is it abolishing the franchise tag? Is it something with the running backs? Although that'd be more minor, I guess. What what could it be to you, Bob? Um, yeah, I, I'm just not sure. I don't know. Hey, Packer fans, by the way, we're going to hit the, go back to the pack on McGinn memory at the end of this uh, show. All right, we're doing that. And uh, when we talk about the Lions, just consider it the old-fashioned scouting report that I did for 30 years at JS, you know. So everything I say about the Lions, you just think about it in terms of matchups against Green Bay. Right. You're going to be uh, unbelievably knowledgeable on every <laughs> team in the division ahead of these Packer matchups. You're, you're not going to get this kind of insight anywhere else. So Bob is – and it's refreshing for you, Bob, I, I would think, to kind of immerse yourself – in different film, different teams. And if you missed it, everybody, we've got episode two of Favre live at Go Long as well. Uh, just unbelievably open 
on his rise and his drinking issues, gosh, drinking three, four days until he passed out, the car crash that could have killed him in college. Talked a lot of Josh Allen, a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers not returning his messages. He'd, he'd love to talk to him if he'd like. Uh, but yes, the conversation went all over the place. It was fascinating. So be sure to check that out if you if you haven't. Yet. It was it was Tyler. I took I just kind of take notes, and I took about three four pages of notes on Fire Part Two. I hope people are listening to this. This uh, <laughs> the guy is just unplugged, and he is just relaxed. He likes chatting with you. You let him. You let him go, Tyler. And he's been extremely interesting. And you, you know. I kind of know all this stuff because I lived it and you kind of do too. You lived it from afar, most of it, but there's all stuff that I've never heard before. And it just uh, amplifies a lot of things for me. What was jarring to you? You covered him from day one. My notes are in the other room. I can't remember Tyler right now. (laughs) I listened to that what four days ago. I can't remember, but you, you just mentioned a lot of the key areas. I can't remember. I could go grab those notes, but I'll I'll wait. I'll refrain from that. You're you're ready to you're ready to break these games down. So let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Detroit let's Atlanta. I was really excited for this game. I haven't had a chance to rewatch it myself, play for play. I've kind of watched the extended highlights of it, but um, gosh, after what we saw out of Detroit's defense, oh, I sounded like Mike McCarthy there. Detroit. The emphasis on the the first syllable. After what we saw out of Detroit's defense previous week, pretty damn impressive, right? To to stifle a, an Atlanta offense that, whew, it's different. It's uh, run first, run heavy. Bijan Robinson is is electrifying, and they just swarmed Robinson. They swarmed Desmond Ritter, kept him out of the end zone. I did watch Arthur Smith's press conference after the game. It just seemed kind of dejected. Like, I don't think anybody expected this out of Detroit's defense. I definitely didn't. No. Let me just say this, Tyler. I got to start with the Lions about talking about crowd noise. Um, They're in a dome. And the Silver Dome, I mean, I was there 20 times probably for games. And that could get loud, too. But Ford Field has been incredible here. Uh, I said it last week. There were no false starts on Atlanta. But it just, you could tell it inspired the Lion defense. I mean, they played kind of so violently and uh, just inspirationally. This thing was very loud. I mean, coming over, it it was just a, a really loud thing. And it was like Kansas City. I heard some of that on the bear on the bear game Sunday, the second game I saw. But it's the way the Lambeau Field crowds were when this team was coming of age from '93, four, five, six, and then they got two Super Bowls '97. Those crowds were wild, and they were just so expectant and happy and overjoyed. And the place was small; it wasn't as big as it is now. It, you know, it was what, 65,000 in Green Bay then? But it was a huge home field advantage, and all the numbers cite that. And that's kind of the way Detroit is now, plus it's a dome. So that's what they got going for them. 
Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much for making Go Along part of your day. To listen to this full episode with Bob McGinn, become a paying subscriber at golongtd.com and you'll be able to link up your account with Golong via Substack to Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, when you upgrade, you'll get every single episode of Favre with Pro Football Hall of Famer Brett Favre, like we mentioned You're not going to want to miss what he said this past week on how he came of age, all of the moments that really could have crushed him early in his career, the partying, the drinking, the car crash, Um, really uh, unplugged, as, as Bob McGinn noted, and unfiltered. So would love to have you join our community to catch this podcast, that podcast, and get every single column, every single feature, every single deep dive. We cannot thank you enough for joining our Go Long community. This episode, man, you're not going to want to miss it. Bob breaks down the Detroit Lions in full, the state of the team from a roster perspective, going into this Thursday night showdown against the Green Bay Packers. How do these two teams match up? You're absolutely going to want to hear what he has to say about the Lions top to bottom, as well as the Chicago Bears. Wow, what an absolute travesty this team has become. How did it get to this point? You're not going to want to miss that discussion. Bob uh, has obviously the institutional knowledge dating back to the 80s when Mike Dicka was running the show and the Chicago Bears owned the division, owned the conference, owned the league, especially in 1985. How did it get this bad, this low? It does seem like they find a way to get to a new low as a franchise. And of course, we get a lot of uh, San Francisco 49ers talking. How, How good is this team? Man, that was a another beatdown against the New, New York Giants. Is there hope for the Giants? We, we touch on that roster as well. And as always, you'll get him again memory. He looks back at Green Bay's game against the New Orleans Saints in 1985. So I would love to have you sign up. Thank you so much for listening, for reading. We'll catch you next time.